This is Clayton for Podcast Radio Business. We're joined by Paddy Osborne, Academic Dean of London Academy of Trading. We're here to discuss fighting the rise of the Finfluencer, why financial advice on social media is still rising despite efforts to curb malpractice. Thank you for joining us, Paddy. No problem. Nice to see you. Please tell us more about your role as Academic Dean at the London Academy of Trading. Right, certainly. Well, basically, uh, the Academy was set up in 2010 with the aim of helping people understand financial markets and trading. So it's really 99% of our students uh, are really looking to understand about how financial markets work, how the central bank interest rates, macroeconomics, politics affects financial markets, and then use that information to trade and make some money. I think traditionally, Around 75 to 80% of people who trade on retail trading accounts lose money. And this is a number that we want to try to reduce, basically. This term finfluences, that's gaining prominence mm. as regulators focus on cracking down on these reckless investments on social media platforms. Can you tell us what a finfluencer is? Yes, very simply. A finfluencer is a person who, by virtue of their popular status, can influence the financial decision-making process of others through promotions or recommendations on social media. So they're using their celebrity status to entice followers to invest in stocks or crypto. But the key thing here is they are unregulated. There is no formal oversight from regulators, no qualifications or expertise. And there is a distinct conflict of interest because they will receive money for making these recommendations and it's undisclosed, they do not have to disclose what compensation they get. So the whole industry is, it's new, it's fast moving, it's very easy to get into as a celebrity or whatever. There's very, very little that the regulators can do. They're trying, but at the moment, it's a, it's a, it's a tiny little scratch on the surface of the, of the industry. Is this also to do with things such as when you see Martin Lewis, who's a money-saving expert, his face gets plastered over certain schemes. Is it something similar to do with that? It is completely the antithesis of that. It's basically Martin Lewis is an expert. He is giving very good advice. He is authorized, he's regulated, uh, and he is you know, well-known and accountable. Finfluencers are, you know, some of them have some knowledge, absolutely. A lot of them do not. Kim Kardashian was fined over a million dollars for unlawfully touting a crypto security. She knows nothing about crypto. She's certainly not an expert, I would guess. Um, and so this is, this is the, the fundamental difference. So what we're looking at here is, is people who possibly don't have expertise. Uh, Martin Lewis does have expertise. He, he is a extremely clever guy and he gives very good, honest advice to people trying to work their way through life and the financial stresses and strains of life. So he does a fantastic job. At the other end of the scale, I would say, is Flipfluences, which is growing. And our research is 49% of 16 to 34-year-olds are influenced by these Flipfluences when making investment decisions. It's half people are, are, are following Flipfluences who most of which don't have any knowledge or expertise. It's stunning. I'm too old for this sort of thing, but uh, I, don't, I don't get it. Could it be that with cost of living crisis and the way that things are structured at the moment, that people are drawn, have always been drawn to get rich quick schemes? Yeah, absolutely. And the idea that you can be in a position to make a lot of money and getting on the ground floor is going to be quite enticing, especially when these influencers may be on things like YouTube and showing their latest Bugatti or Paul Shaw summer holiday. 
Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the people are affected by the, the, the cost of living crisis. Our research says 47% want to earn money more quickly, 23% concerned about job security, and one in four are interested in get-rich-quick schemes. People are, at the end of the day, I don't want to be insulting, but people, you know, a lot of people are greedy and lazy. You know, and if they can make lots of money very quickly without too much effort, then they will do it. Of course, everything as well, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And this is the problem is that, that these influencers and you know, other people who, who do this sort of thing, they understand the psychology of people. They understand that people want to take some advice and do things quickly and make some money quickly. And they'll promise them all sorts of things. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And in this case, a lot of the time it is. And a lot of these investments do extremely badly, but the influencers don't care because they've got their money for making the introduction. And, you know, if it goes wrong, there's nothing that anyone can do about it because these people are unregulated, unregistered, and uh, there's no oversight from anywhere to give us the, the tools to be able to take some get some compensation. What I notice is that the research reveals that only 8% of people are consulting an independent financial advisor, also called an IFA. Mm-hmm. What might be contributing to this preference for seeking financial advice from sources other than the IFAs? The fact that there are, there are no upfront fees. Okay, so basically you can get some free advice from popular celebrities, which may be very poor advice, but you don't pay a fee. When you've got an IFA, you will pay them a fee. Half a percent, one percent, they're legally obliged to to give you up front what the fee is going to be. But the chances are they're going to put you into a better investment than, you know, it's better to pay one percent commission on an investment that will make you 10 percent a year than pay no no commission on an investment that's going to disappear to zero after a month. So, you know, this is the fundamental difference. And because they're not regulated, there's nothing anyone can do if the investment goes wrong. 49% are seeking financial advice from Finfluencers, and they are aged between 16 to 34. Really, that's the YouTube generation, isn't it, really? It is indeed, yeah. I've just been on holiday, and it was interesting to watch nearly everybody between 16 and 34 had a phone clamped to their right hand just out in front of them as they were walking around the the resort around lunch and around anywhere and or sitting down having dinner it's phenomenal how dominant phones have become um and you know i'm a slightly older generation and we find it very disappointing that people you know go out to dinner with their partner and they sit across the table with each other don't ever look at each other and they just stare into their phones, scanning through Instagram or whatever, uh, without making a single sound and talking to each other, which is, you know, I think this is the way that life is going. Um, but I'm not particularly a fan. The study also highlights that over a quarter, 26%, has seen friends offer financial advice online. How can these well-intentioned efforts sometimes lead to potential harm? Because, you know, yep. when you get free advice, it has a value of nothing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, what's happening there, generally with, with friends and often with, with influence as well, but with, with friends, it might be an investment that they've made that's done well. Um, and they say, look, I just bought this share and it's gone up, it's doubled in a month, whatever. You've got to get in it. So, yeah, they're not um, making a recommendation in a malicious way and they're not making it from a, an angle of expertise. They're just going from an angle of experience. And it just happens that this happened to make some money and we'd like to share it. And with all the best will in the world, they're saying, look, this share looks like it's going up. 
Um, it has done already. So, you know, why don't you get in it? So that's absolutely fair. And I've had my, my family, you know, doing the same sort of thing with me. You know, it's, it's a very natural thing. And of course, you, you kind of tend to trust your family. And there's also a little bit of accountability there as well. So if it does go wrong, I don't suppose you're going to get any compensation from your, you know, your brother or whatever who, who recommends it. But there is a certain amount of accountability. With a Finfluencer, it's someone online, on social media, you can't access them, you can't get to them, and there's nothing you can do about it if, if things go wrong. It's similar. And like I say, one in four people uh, do get financial information and, and financial advice from, from friends. I don't really recommend it, to be honest. At the end of the day, to, to be an IFA, you know, you've got to you've got to take a lot of exams. You've got to continually update those qualifications. And you know, I think what should happen is that uh, regulators should clamp down hard on influencers and should make them uh, take formal qualifications. You should have uh, proper uh, regulated qualifications to to do this sort of thing. You, I think the, the French have started doing something uh, whereby influencers have to take a, a twenty-five multiple choice question test and if they get eight out of ten then they get a certificate saying that they're qualified to give advice which is ridiculous that'll take you 10 minutes you know whereas you should really have sort of two or three years of study and and formal qualification to be able to give this advice because this this is life-changing stuff you know health advice financial advice these these can change people's lives uh fashion advice great fine if you wear some dodgy dungarees then you know, you look a bit silly and your friends laugh at you, but it's not going to change your life. This is life-changing stuff and people who are giving this advice really need to be regulated. And it's a tough job for the regulators, to be honest. Speaking of regulation, the Financial Conduct Authority and the Advertising Standards Authority, they say they're taking steps to address the issue of this reckless promotion on the internet and through other social media channels. Could you share more about the upcoming guidelines and what their potential impact might be? The thing for me is, you know, yes, it's good that they're, they're taking some action. As I say, if you're the FCA, you're looking at this going, well, we've got all this stuff whizzing around social media okay the fca is always trying to catch up because you know people who are trying to con people are normally quite sharp then they're often not in the uk anyway and the fca is obviously the uk regulator so they have a very tricky task to start with um what they're trying to do with the asa is obviously to try to educate people to say look you know do your due diligence don't just fall for these influencers. Don't just follow blindly someone who may not have the qualification expertise. I suspect these guidelines and this advice is going to be sort of fairly softly, softly gentle. It needs to be much more hard hitting. They need to, I think, clamp down and start fining people. I know Kim Kardashian got fined over a million dollars for unlawfully touting a crypto security. There are other examples in uh, India and Australia where the, the regulator has been fining people quite heavily for this sort of behavior. Um, it needs to happen more, it needs to be publicized, and they need to see some potential downside. And and there needs to be rules set in place because, you know, if they're going to make some money, if, if a influencer says, you know, buy this stock, they should say, if you buy this stock, I'm going to earn whatever from this. You know, you will not have to pay any commission, but I'm going to earn from this recommendation. They need to, they should be, because that's what happens with IFAs. They need to say, you know, here's my recommendation. By the way, I'm going to be charging you one percent a year for this for this advice. They have to by law. That should be it should be just straightforward. That should be the first thing that should happen. But I think the FCA and 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 other regulators around the world they have got a tough job. They've got to be much tougher because this market is moving very quickly. The tide is definitely uh, very much in the favour of the social media world, and and it's growing and growing, and more and more people are 
are suffering because they are taking advice from people who really honestly should not be giving it. As an academic dean at the London Academy of Trading, how do you perceive the role of financial education for individuals? I think, you know, everybody wants to, well, I think hopefully most people want to you know, go to bed less stupid than they got up. They want to learn something and they want to feel that they're growing as a person in terms of their knowledge, their skills and everything else. So just as a, a sort of from a human standpoint, you know, people want to know more about things and just generally be more educated. That's, a, that's a, just a good thing generally. But then specifically with finance is that this is something that um, by learning more about financial markets and trading, you can actually benefit financially because you're one, you're certainly not going to lose so much and you're going to manage your risk and control your emotions, et cetera, et cetera. But also if you understand how macroeconomics works, how why, why central banks are raising interest rates or what about inflation and all these different things, politics and how it affects financial markets, it's then, and also understanding the sort of technical analysis of markets as well, you can build structured sort of robust trading strategies that will enable you to trade in a very controlled way without too much emotion, without too much psychology getting involved, managing a risk and potentially making some very comfortable, consistent profits. I'm not looking for people to double their money every week. I'm never going to promise that. I'm never going to promise you'll be a millionaire by Christmas unless you're a millionaire already. Because, and if anyone promises that, then run to the hills because they are promising something that is not realistic. So our job really at the London Academy of Trading is to educate people about financial markets, even so that they can understand the news items better. You know, you're watching the news go, oh, what's that? I don't know. I'll phase out of that because I don't understand what's going on. It just gives the people a chance to understand what's going on. And, you know, when you're doing anything, you know, before you go and swim the channel, you've got to learn how to swim and practice. Before you go put, start putting thousands of pounds in the stock market, you should learn what you're doing and understand how to manage your money, how to manage the risk and everything else. So that's what we do. We really are on a, on a crusade, really. We're passionate about helping people understand about financial markets and helping people who want to trade in financial markets to do it in a controlled, uh, risk-managed way, understanding the causes and the effects of news and macroeconomic data on, on markets. Going back to social media, yeah. do you feel that the idea that people can get access to pictures and videos of the rich and famous has really driven this desire that once upon a time, people were quite happy to amble along, have one holiday, couple of holidays, maybe a year, drive a nice car, living a nice house, etc., etc., have a job that paid a pension. The idea of being massively wealthy and rich leaves people open to influences. Absolutely. The influence are not stupid. They, they know what pushes, what buttons to push. They know that people... Uh, you know, want a better life, which is absolutely great and fine and completely right. But people want to do it without too much effort. You know, there are teenagers and youngsters saying, I'm going to be a, you know, an, an influencer and I'm going to make you know, millions of pounds from, from being online on social media. You know, for every one of those success stories of people who do make, you know, good money from it, uh, not particularly from finance, but it could be from fashion or from whatever, you know, for every one of those, there's probably a hundred thousand that don't make it. And, and and it's just not possible. It's not really. It's not a, not a career move. You know, there's nothing. People, I think, are just uh, impatient. They want to have everything now. They want to have you know everything they want sooner than anyone else did. I think in the, in I feel so old now, but in the old days, you know, we would we would you look for a career, look for a job, build up some 
hopefully build up some wealth, have a nice car and a nice house, etc., and, and build up your life over the course of 10 or 20 years. People want to do that now by the time they're 20. They want to, you know, they want to be millionaires by 20, which is great and good to have ambition, but it's got to be realistic and it's got to be based on something, um, you know, achievable. And and I think for a lot of people, it, it's it's simply not. Um, mm. But it's a, it's a lovely dream to have. And and this is this is the thing that influencers, uh, you know, they, they 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 lock onto this and they use that to to get people to invest unwisely. And maybe to a certain extent, the fact is is that most people who become incredibly wealthy already had a head start. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> that's exactly the case. And and yeah, I mean, most of them, most of them are wealthy already, and then they they remain wealthy, and, and people go, "Well, fantastic, aren't they doing well?" But yeah, absolutely. And and just seeing seeing people, you know, on on their yacht drinking champagne or whatever, you know, a, a lot of this stuff, it, it's 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 polished people polish their lives and and you know everyone's life online is uh, probably a lot nicer than people's real life and and this is the problem and, and being a, a teenager or a young person these days i'd say is very difficult because you've got people everywhere showing off how how well they're doing and how fantastic they are and how well and good they look and all their nice clothes and and holidays and everything how 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 true is all of it i i think there's a lot of um you know design around it to make it look a lot nicer than it is. And I, I don't think anyone looks worse online than they are in real life. I think pretty much exclusively people look better online than they than they are in real life. So what are some practical steps that individuals can take to verify the credibility of these influencers and ensure that the financial advice that they're getting is accurate and basically trustworthy? Yeah, I mean, there's a very simple thing is to is to is to check the, the the FCA register. So the FCA is a financial conduct authority. They have a register of uh, sort of regulated and registered advisors. Uh, and if the advisor is not on their register, they are not regulated. There's no formal oversight, and they are uh, you know you're then open to all sorts of uh, false promises, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They don't have to tell you how much they're earning from the advice that they're giving. The advice could be very naive without the qualifications or expertise. So. Check the FCA register is one thing. Um, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is, and that is true in 90 plus percent of cases. So please don't get sucked into that sort of thing. Try not to be too sort of greedy and um, speedy to get into these things. You know, do due diligence, take a bit of time, do some work to, to analyze what you're doing. Because if you're giving up hundreds or thousands of pounds or more or whatever, even if it's 10 pounds, whatever, to people in an investment. Be careful, please. And finally, where can our podcast radio business listeners go to for more information? Yeah, if you want to learn more about financial markets and how they work and, and trading and, and hopefully making money in financial markets on a consistent basis, lat.london. That's our website. Uh, basically, it tells you all about our different courses. One week, four week, 12 week. It's all short courses. We cover everything. We assume no knowledge from any of our students. And so we start right from the basics to explain how financial markets work and how you can make money from them. Paddy Osborne, Academic Dean, London Academy of Trading. Thank you for joining us on Podcast Radio Business. Thanks, Clayton. Great to talk to you. You're most welcome.